Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. With each message and series from Pastors Tim and Nathan, we hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, church? Great to see you guys, whether you're online or in person. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim, and today I'm going to share with you a pretty big decision that we're making as a church with regard to indoor worship services this fall. Can you believe it? It's been almost seven months since we've had the chance to worship together indoors. And I've loved seeing you online, but boy, have I missed you in person. I thank God for your patience, you know, during this crazy pandemic. Our community, we've been blessed to worship together in a couple ways. Uh, first, virtually through Church Online. So a big welcome to everyone live streaming on Facebook or YouTube. And then for the last three weeks, we've been regathering in person for outdoors worship in two locations. And it's just thrilled Colleen and I to see so many of your smiling faces in person, albeit behind our masks. But today I want to share a big decision our leadership team is making for the fall because this nice weather ain't going to last forever, all right? And people are starting to ask me, hey, Tim, when it gets cold, are we going to move inside for worship on the weekend? Are we going to reopen our physical buildings so we can socially distance but worship together in person? Um, as some of you know, you know, here in the Northeast, a lot of schools, restaurants, stores are kind of slowly, cautiously reopening, albeit with many restrictions in place. And so how about our church? Well, today I'm excited to tell you what our game plan is for October through December, the end of the year. But before I do, I want to share a short message I'm calling, How to Make a Big Decision. Uh, quick show of hands, how many of you are facing a big decision this fall? Type it in the chat. You say, what's my big decision? I know I'm not the only one here. I, I talk to so many people who are facing big decisions where they'd like to know, like, what is God's will? You know, do we, do we sell our house and, and move? The market's so hot right now. Or should we buy a, a, a home or a townhome or rent that apartment this fall? The economy's so unpredictable. Some of you are facing family decisions, right? Should we send our kids to class or do we, do we homeschool them? And if we, if we keep the kids home, do I cut back my hours? Big decisions. I know people who are facing a career crossroads, right? Should I, should I leave this company or business and launch out on my own? And here's the thing. I think as people of faith, we often think, man, I just wish God would give me a clear answer. Like, how do you decide? I want to share a verse from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. You can turn there in your Bible or your Liquid Church mobile app. I, I wrote this verse in my prayer journal because it's been very meaningful to me and our whole leadership team as we've been trying to make a big decision about regathering our church this fall. And so let's read this together. Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear what a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, imagine you were praying, you're asking God for direction, discernment. Should I go to the right or to the left, God? And suddenly hear this voice, this is the way. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, walk in it. Like, I wish I heard God like that, especially when you have decisions where there's like no clear-cut answers. I mean, 2020, honestly, it's like leading through a fog, isn't it? And plus, how do you know you're hearing God's voice, not just your own preferences? I mean, the way I see it is there's really two kinds of decisions. There's a kind of decision that I call easy peasy, right? Like, God, I wonder if I should go to church today. Well, what do you think God's going to say? Of course he wants you to go, right? That's his will. He wants you in fellowship with other believers. That's why you're here, I assume. So give yourself a high five. There you go. Well done. Going to church is one of those easy peasy decisions because it's easy to discern God's will. But the second kind of decision I call murky and messy. 
because there ain't no right or wrong answer. Like, should I switch jobs? Do I change careers? Should we put down roots here? Or do we move to a new city? Do we start school? Or, or should I take a semester off? There's no like right or wrong answer per se. So what we typically do as humans is we kind of weigh these pros and cons. We pray about it, but then watch, we cross our fingers and hope we made a good choice that God can bless. Well, the truth is this. I really believe you can know God's will when you're facing big decisions, including ones that are messy and murky, like regathering the church this fall. But it does take some practice. It's a spiritual practice called discernment. Can you say that with me? Discernment. Now, discernment is actually a spiritual practice that's been around for thousands of years. It predates Jesus. And it's very different than just decision-making. Think of it this way. Decision-making is typically human-oriented, right? We use our brains and our intellect. We kind of weigh our options. Here are the benefits. Here are the drawbacks. And then we make a decision, right? We do this all the time. Hmm, should I have the, the pizza or the grilled chicken? Well, the pizza is twice the calories, healthier choice for me. <laughs> uh, you know, get the chicken. But my wife isn't around, so make mine pepperoni. That's, the, <laughs> that's decision making, right? But discernment is spiritual in nature. It's where the Christ follower intentionally tunes down her own wants and preferences in order to tune in to the Spirit of God. I want to know what God wants me to do. I actually can't rely on my own instincts or reasoning because too much is at stake. I, I got to hear clearly from God, whether you turn to the right or the left, my ears want to hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's spiritual discernment. When you come to a crossroads and you tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit and watch this, in the stillness and peace, you gain clarity. You gain wisdom. You gain guidance. This is the way. Walk in it. I want to introduce you to one of my mentors. He's a dead guy named Ignatius. Ignatius of Loyola, or Iggy for short. Now, St. Ignatius lived in the 1500s, but he's been a, a great mentor to me for, for hearing the voice of God more clearly because Ignatius introduced me to a spiritual tool called the prayer of indifference. Now, the prayer of indifference is a very powerful prayer. In fact, I want to tell you, I think it's one of the deepest, most mature prayers that you can ever pray as a Christian. But let me explain what indifference is because I think people hear indifference and they think, oh, what does that mean? Like, you're just like, okay, whatever, God, I, I really don't care. You just throw up your hands? Not at all. God wants us to be people of passion. He wants us to share our desires and requests with him. But the prayer of indifference is when you're facing a difficult situation and you model your prayer on the prayer of Jesus Christ himself in the garden of Gethsemane. It's where we deliberately set aside our desires and preferences in a situation and we open our heart to God's will be done. Not my will, God's will be done. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Next year, when we finally take our pilgrimage to Israel, our trip got canceled this year because of Corona, but we're going to get there. I can't wait to show you the Garden of Gethsemane. It's actually located right outside the walls of Jerusalem. Here it is. It's thousand-year-old olive trees. That's Colleen and I in the Gethsemane. The name Gethsemane actually means olive garden. But let me clarify, it's not referring to the crappy breadsticks, okay? Scholars are almost certain this is the area that Jesus came to pray on the night that he was betrayed. 
Let me tell you, it's powerful, man. When you actually are praying in the garden where you know Jesus prayed, it's pretty amazing. In Matthew's gospel, he records how Jesus went to the Olive Garden, Gethsemane, on the eve of his crucifixion to pray to his Father in heaven. And I want you to listen to how Matthew describes Jesus. He says this, going a little further, Jesus fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my Father, my Abba, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. In other words, Jesus had a request. He, he had a desire. He had an opinion. He had a preference, didn't he? He actually looked at his journey and he saw that the cruel Roman cross was coming in the distance and it caused him such anguish. Catch this. He fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, if it's possible, may this cup of suffering be taken from me. In other words, daddy, if, it's, if there's any way, I don't want to go through this. Jesus actually had a request of his father. He said, I don't, I don't want to suffer and die on a cross. Are there any other alternatives to accomplish your plan of salvation? See, so we see that indifference doesn't mean you don't have an opinion or a desire or a wish for the way things should go. Jesus told Abba his request, but watch this, summoning all his spiritual strength, Jesus then prayed these most famous words at the center of the Lord's prayer. Yet, let's read it together, church. Big, loud voice. Here we go. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, he opened his hands, his heart, and he prayed for indifference. Whether I live or die, I trust, Abba, that you know best, and I trust you completely for the outcome in my life. Now, I have a theory. As I was walking those olive trees in Gethsemane, I'm reading this passage and I had this thought. I was like, you know, we, we read Jesus's prayer very quickly, right? It takes 30 seconds. But in my opinion, I bet this simple prayer took hours for Jesus to pray. I think the gospels just condense it and summarize it quickly, but it was hours. I mean, after Jesus told God what he wanted, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. I bet it took two hours, three hours, four hours, where Jesus wrestled, where he agonized, where he struggled to muster the interior freedom to eventually release it and say, yet not as I will, but as you will. See, the prayer of indifference is where we surrender and submit what we want so completely to God that we actually open our hands, we place our life in his hands, and we say, I trust you for the outcome, Father. It's this prayer where what you want is what God wants, and you want it so much more than anything else, you're actually okay with whatever the outcome is, even if it hurts. Now, Ignatius considered this state of indifference to be true spiritual freedom. And can I just tell you, like in my personal life, it has been very liberating to pray this way. See, this fall, it's like leading through the fog. And I've got a, two major decisions set before me that need careful discernment. One is actually personal and one is ministry related. Can I, can I read to you from my prayer journal? This is private. Please don't share this with anybody. <laughs> I wrote this. I said, Lord, Colleen and I are discerning whether to sell our house this fall. It's been our home for 22 years. We've raised our kids there. We're wondering if we should move farther out for our second half, the next 22 years. We sense our season 
in our small town may be coming to a close. My daughter graduated high school. Colleen, my wife, closed her office in town. And the housing market is hot. God, like most families, we'd do anything for a lower mortgage and less taxes. That's real. <laughs> and our realtor said he thinks he can get 10 to 15% more because of all the families moving out in New York City. We th <laughs> I'll just read you what I actually wrote. We think our realtor is smoking pot, but still. Again, I talked very real with the Lord. <laughs> I said, Lord, we could see ourselves living up north by a rural lake. We spent a month there this summer and loved it. But year round's different. Is it too remote? Will we be lonely? It's, it's a longer commute and we'd be downsizing 900 square feet. <laughs> Lord, we need your discernment. I am asking you, Jesus, to light our path. And so understand every morning, Colleen and I, we get out of bed. And before we do anything else, we get down on our knees. We open our hands and we pray for indifference. We say, Lord, may your will be done. And may it be a big old beautiful lake house. No, 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 no. That, that would just be playing our flesh. We're praying for spiritual indifference. And we actually say, Lord, you've blessed us. And Father, if you want us to stay where we are, wonderful. Your will be done. But if it's your will for us to move to this next chapter of our life, your will be done. Either way, we just want what you want above anything we want. There's another mentor of mine, a woman named Ruth Haley Barton. And she runs the Transforming Center for Leaders. And she wrote this amazing book. It's called Pursuing God's Will Together. I can highly recommend it. Excellent book. And she writes this. She says, the prayer of indifference expresses the fact that we've come to a place where we want God's will, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. It means we want God's will more than our own personal comfort or safety more than our own pleasure or preference, more than whatever it is we think we want. <laughs> it's a state of wide openness to God in which we're free from undue attachments and have the capacity to relinquish whatever might keep us from choosing for God and for love in the world. It's a prayer in which we abandon ourselves to God. And friends, this is a deeper level of union with Christ. It's, it's a higher level of surrendering to God's spirit. And can I just tell you, it is vital for you to practice when you're facing a potentially life-changing decision. Let me share with you the second decision that I wrote about in my prayer journal. I said, Father, at our church, our leadership team, we're trying to decide whether some of our campuses um, should open for indoor, in-person services this fall when the weather gets colder. I can't believe, Father, we've been closed for almost seven months because of COVID. I see our people struggling spiritually. Jesus, I'm worried about our sheep. I talk to so many people who are feeling disconnected from you and from your church. They feel isolated and lonely. They're struggling with anxiety and depression. And I know indoor services could be a good next step as COVID rates stabilize in New Jersey. But Lord, this comes with risk. I'm worried about the impact on our staff if we fire up the engine of, of gathering for services indoors, it's, it's a big lift and our staff is strained too. Jesus, I'm also concerned about how this will impact our seven campuses. What, what if some open and others stay closed? Will they contract or do they combine? Lord, will we reopen church just to close down again in November, December, if there's a second wave? And if we don't, God, what if nothing changes until January or next spring? 
There's probably no set of perfect conditions coming post-COVID. Just a big, murky, messy slog through the fog. You you understand what I'm saying? This is not easy peasy or cut and dry. So Lord, we need discernment. This ability to choose well and make this big decision with your insight and your spirit's understanding. These choices are not clear and they're going to have future implications, God, far down the road that I can't fully see or understand right now. And so I'm turning to my old friend Iggy for indifference. Holy Spirit, give me the strength to join Jesus in the garden and pray, not as I will be done, but your will be done. See, the reason you need to pray for indifference is because in our flesh, let's just be honest, you and I have mixed motives. Like like we all have an ego or a, a false self and material concerns that always kind of taint our perception of a situation, right? A lot of times we're like, well, is this going to succeed or fail? And if we go this way, what will others think? Or, or will it make life harder or easier for me? Ignatius taught that if we're overly attached to one outcome or answer versus another, you will never hear God clearly because your bias, your fears will become so strong. And then we start confusing our will with the will of God. And so I want you to know, this is how we make big decisions at Liquid. I think people wonder, like, how do they do that? It's, we don't go into a back room and then we sit around a big table and weigh our options. and Then we take a vote, you know, five to four or let's Indian leg wrestle. <laughs> That's how like secular businesses may do it. But let me tell you something. Our church ain't a business. We are the body of Christ. Amen. And we want the mind of Christ. Nothing less, nothing more, nothing else. And so last week, our pastors gathered together offsite. There's a picture of us socially distanced. We're all wearing masks to pray for indifference. We were actually meeting in an amazing setting, a Christmas tree farm, and we spent some time in spiritual discernment because we wanted God to have full access to our hearts. And so I wrote a soul examine with five questions. Just a way, an examine is a way of just offering up to God what's in your heart. And I said, guys, what personal attachments do we have to this decision? Can you confess your bias? Because we all have biases. I'm sure you're at a camp, you're like, I wish mine would open. Can I name my fears? What, what fears do you have? You know, if you're moving to a new place or you're starting a new uh, class, what are the logistical concerns that come to mind? Because my mind races ahead. And I start thinking, well, if we did this, then that would happen. And then ABC, a lot of us have very, very busy minds. Can you hit pause and actually set them aside and watch this? Am I willing to release my desires, my fears, my questions to Christ? I'm releasing. And so we spent some time releasing and confessing our biases and fears. We all have them, guys. And just asking God to help us set them aside so we could discern his will. Friends, that's how we lead this church. That's how the Holy Spirit leads liquid. We don't just take a popular vote or do what seems smartest or most strategic. We actually press into God so we can hear his voice. Do you remember Isaiah? Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so we told each pastor, hey, grab your Bible, get a cup of coffee, your prayer journal, and join Jesus in the garden. Let's pray for indifference together. See, praying for interior indifference, this desire to want the will of God in your life and nothing else, it ain't easy, guys. Let me just tell you, it's a deeper, harder level of discipleship. It's a struggle. In fact, Matthew says that Jesus fell to the ground And Luke adds that he was under so much pressure that his sweat was like drops of blood. That's a hematoma where the stress is so great, you're 
capillaries burst, that's where Jesus was. And so it's a, it's a struggle. And there are two prayers you actually have to pray. The first is the prayer for indifference. You actually don't have, you aren't indifferent. None of us are. It's a grace. It's a gift that God has to give you. In our natural state, none of us, we're, 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 we're highly opinionated. We're easily swayed. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to ask God, would you give me, Father, as a gift, a spirit of indifference? I can't just gin that up. Like, I don't care. I'm highly opinionated. And then once you have indifference, you pray the prayer of indifference. This is, Lord, I'm 100% open to any outcome you want because your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So Jesus, I desire your will. I want to know the mind of Christ above anything else. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Can I ask, have you ever prayed like that? Like really leaned in and wrestled with God and let him win? Because if I'm honest, most of my prayers are look more like a laundry list of suggestions and things that I think God should do on my behalf. <laughs> this is next level prayer, folks. This is how you make a big decision as a follower of Christ. You actually first purge and purify your heart so you can hear the voice of the Spirit clearly. And guys, that's how we came to our decision about whether or not to reopen our buildings for indoor services this fall. We've been praying. We've been asking God for this spirit of wisdom, discernment, praying we want your will above all else. In fact, last week I flew out to Colorado for five days of silence and solitude in the mountains. I just, I find that God speaks to me when I'm alone in the mountains. When I'm worshiping and praying out in creation, the wilderness, this is uh, actually, you can see a little speck there. That's me, 10,000 feet up, uh, in a field of gold and aspens. And for me, there's something about being outdoors also in nature that kind of also clears my head and, and it elevates my perspective and it right-sizes any situation, you know? Like mountains are humbling. They just remind you like, I'm just a speck of dust on a speck of dust swirling in a speck of a galaxy in God's great cosmos. And I need to know the creator's mind. So if you're facing a big decision, understand you need time alone with God, reading his word, listening to his voice, but you also need to spend time talking with other believers because God speaks through community too, amen? So let me encourage you, take this powerful tool, the prayer of indifference, I encourage you to practice it this fall in your life, in the decisions you're facing. But I want to warn you, God will speak to you. <laughs> the question is, do you really want to hear what he has to say? So let me tell you where our leadership team landed, what we've decided. First, I just want to let you know, we are so encouraged that we've had three weeks of successful outdoor services. Can we just have, make some noise, hear it for our Dream Team volunteers? So good to see our volunteers back in action. And as a result, we've decided to extend outdoor services to October 18th. We're going to meet outdoors in Parsippany Mountainside for two more weeks, guys. Hopefully, we'll continue to enjoy glorious weather like, the, like God's been giving us. We also have found out that 70% of our congregation is ready to return in some form to indoor worship this fall. We actually read the results of our September survey. And the majority of folks, those who are green or yellow said they'd be open to worship inside if we take the proper precautions. Now, just realize, we know there's still many people who are red. They're like, red light, I'm not ready to return. That's fine. Church on Live is going to continue live streaming every weekend so you can keep worshiping online. But we've made the decision that Liquid Family will remain physically closed for the rest of 2020. And can I just tell you, yeah, it was a heartbreaking decision to have to make. Like that, oh, something in me died. Liquid Family is the heart of our church. But we made that decision for a simple reason. Toddlers are not built for social distancing. <laughs> uh, quite simply, we can't guarantee 
toddlers and kids can effectively, you know, be far apart and wear the masks and all that. Now, just let me give you a positive note. The ministry of Liquid Family is going to continue stronger than ever this fall. I think you've seen we are raising up digital disciples and we're equipping parents to disciple their kids at home. So don't check out families. We have online groups. We've got our go and grow subscription boxes, parent devotionals, and more planned for you. But guys, our family ministry, it is no longer one day a week. We are partnering with parents seven days a week during this pandemic. So let's hear it for our Liquid Family team. You guys are heroes. You're amazing. It's awesome. But that leads us to our key decision for adults. And I'm pleased to announce that on October 25th, we are opening three campuses for in-person Sunday services in three locations, Parsippany, Mountainside, and Ocean Grove, New Jersey, North, Central, and South Jersey. Our goal is for anybody who wants to physically attend a liquid services fall to be able to find one within a 20 or 25 minute drive. Now, what that means is, is that all school-based campuses are gonna remain physically closed for the rest of 2020. In fact, so will Garwood, just because it's too small to ensure adequate social distancing. So understand, guys, in this season, we are now one church family gathering together in three locations. So Essex County, I want to encourage you, attend Parsippany. Garwood, you guys can lock arms with Mountainside. Somerset folks, again, you're free to go. You can go to Mountainside, you can go to Parsippany, whatever is more convenient. And Middlesex folks can team up with Monmouth. In fact, this is kind of great news. Liquid Monmouth has a new semi-permanent home in the Ocean Grove Youth Temple. So thank God for Ocean Grove. But whether you attend in person or online, I want you to know we are one church united in Christ. Amen? Make some noise. Say amen in the chat if you believe it. Now, a couple things to note. You can see here we're going to start with two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., at these three campuses on October 25th. But attendance restrictions are gonna be 150 people or 25% of the room based on the governmental guidelines. We are praying that Governor Murphy will raise that, but we're gonna observe that carefully either way. Children are welcome in the main service, so two years and older are required to wear masks as per CDC guidelines. And if you bring your kids, let me just tell you, you actually can feel comfortable because of our extensive list of safety protocols and procedures, which we are releasing online today. In fact, you can go right now, download this PDF booklet, the game plan update on our mobile app, or you can go to liquidchurch.com update. And I think you're gonna see how seriously we're taking this step. We're gonna have temperature checks at all indoor services. You'll actually find an automatic robot at the front door in the lobbies of where we are. Masks are required for anybody who attends. And can I just say, no exceptions. Now, let me be real clear about this, okay? I know you know the culture is like going crazy. Wearing a mask is not a political statement. At our church, we actually believe it's not about you. <laughs> it's choosing what's best for your neighbor or the MVP in your life, the most vulnerable person you know. So a mask is just a way of showing the love of Jesus and respect to other people. It's not about you, bro. So I'm just like, can I just say like with all the love of Jesus, if you're like a never masker, I think God may be calling you to another church during this season. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to set expectations. We're going to have social distancing. You'll actually see every other row seating, chairs roped off, more than six feet apart. Hand sanitizing stations, so we pray and we purell. And disinfecting will be will actually be fogging our worship spaces between services. So we are investing significant money. We're upgrading our air handlers with ionized filters that specialize in killing airborne pathogens. So the entire service is touchless. We actually won't be handing out programs. We won't be pastoring a popcorn bucket. And sadly, we won't be serving coffee to start. 
I know, just moment of sadness. So much loss in 2020. There goes the caffeine. But listen, I just want to let you know, if you're considering coming in person, I think you're going to be encouraged when you read the real care and thought into the safety precautions we're taking. And I encourage you to just go on your mobile app or liquidchurch.com update, download this PDF booklet. It has our calendar of events also for October, November, and December as well. So while we continue church online full throttle, I want to let you know that we have three goals for this regathering indoors. The first really is to resume worship. We are just the central purpose of the church of Jesus is to worship and raise up the name of Jesus together. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25 encourages all of us. It says, uh, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We want to be a worshiping church when Jesus returns. The second is spiritual care. Uh, as I said earlier, our pastors have increasing concern for the spiritual and emotional health of our flock. Um, we're seeing that isolation, that stress, that anxiety, the disconnection all sorts of depression and just the stress we're seeing in people. And so this season, guys, we just really believe our church is a hospital. We're, we're not a museum for saints. <laughs> we're a hospital for sinners. And guess what? We're all essential workers. And so I believe the need for spiritual care is more critical than ever. As 1 Peter 5 instructs us, I wrote this down because I thought, man, this is, this is my heart as your pastor. It says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, you love them as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, that is Jesus, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Guys, I want to be clear. Our goal during this fall is not critical mass, a full room. It's critical care. We want healthy sheep. God designed you for community, and we really believe that in-person fellowship and worship, it's going to be a lifeline and stability for many of our green lighters. It's also going to provide a runway for rebuilding in 2021. You know, next year is going to be a season of just rebuilding our church, re-engaging volunteers, and resuming our in-person ministry. And what we've seen with our volunteers coming back this fall in the outdoor services, man, we are so encouraged. This is going to provide a much-needed runway for the year to come. Um, if you didn't know the big news, we're going to be launching seven campuses in 2021. We're relaunching them. In fact, we're going to revisit the decision to reopen additional campuses and look at resuming Liquid Family. We'll make that decision somewhere in January of 2021. But I really believe with Jesus leading the way, man, the best is yet to come. Amen? Say amen if you believe it. Guys, on the other side of this, I really believe Liquid's going to emerge healthier, stronger. We're going to be more vitally on mission with Jesus than ever before. So I want to encourage you guys. Things are uncertain. There may be a fog. The way isn't clear. But Abba, the Father has us in the palm of his hand. And our faith in his Son fills us with fresh joy and hope. And the Holy Spirit has given us everything we need for this next phase of our gathering. You know, earlier this week, we had our first in-person staff meeting in six months. Take a look. Here's a photo of our staff worshiping in person together. It's probably what it's going to look like on Sundays on the 25th, socially distanced, masks on. But can I just tell you, it was awesome. My soul just needed that to be with other believers worshiping our Lord. And Pastor Dave Brooks, he, he reminded us how 2020 has been so humbling, right? Just reminding us like we're not in control and that we need God's discernment more than ever. So let me just tell you, even though church won't look exactly like it used to right away, we are taking heart from 2 Corinthians. Pastor Dave said, this is the perfect verse that sums up 2020. 
Paul wrote this. I love this. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, right? We're cracked. We're cracked on the outside. But it's to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now listen, does this describe 2020? We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Guys, that's how you make a big decision. You turn and you draw strength from the death and resurrection of your Savior. We look to God for strength. We join Jesus in the garden praying for indifference and we welcome the Spirit's strength and clarity. So today, we want to just consecrate this decision by celebrating communion together. If you're at church online, you can grab crackers or juice, whatever you have. But if you're in person, we also have these communion cups. And communion is really just a sign where we're, we're consecrating our heart as a church to serve Jesus anew in this journey ahead together. So as you take this right now, I want you to think and apply it to your life. Maybe you're facing a big decision. Maybe you're like, man, Tim, I need God's wisdom. I need that kind of clarity in my life. Use this moment really just to commit and open your whole heart to God. Say, Father, I'm praying with the Son. I want your will be done more than my will be done. And let me give you those questions to consider from the soul examine. What personal attachments do you have to whatever decision you're facing? Use this time of reflection right now. Just confess your bias. God, I, I really want this to happen, but I'm opening up my hands and releasing it to you. Can I name my fears, my concerns? And last question, am I willing to just release my desires and fears and questions to Christ? Ask God to speak clearly, friends. He will. Father, I pray right now we're just clearing space for your children to speak to you. Before we receive communion, we just are bowing our heads in prayer and opening our hearts in faith and saying, come Holy Spirit. Clear out all the junk and the distractions. Father, we confess the cravings of our flesh. We always want what's easiest and the path of least resistance. Forgive us. Just take inventory. Ask God to forgive you and cleanse you from all your sins, all the lusts, all the desires open right now to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we look to you hanging on that cross. You did that for us, but you did it mostly for the Father. You said, not as I will, but your will be done. Jesus, I pray that you would not only cleanse us, but through the power of your resurrection, give us a spirit that prays that with you, that trusts our Father the way you trusted the Father. We thank you for your body and your blood broken for us, poured out. We do this in remembrance of you until you come again. Come soon, Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you can simply take the cracker, take the cup, and receive communion as we now worship. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.